to this evening's episode of Dungeon Jedi Masters Theater. Our story tonight follows two young friends of very different origins trying to survive in their corner of the galaxy. Will they grow into greatness together or fall apart in the shadow of the Empire? Find out tonight on Scattered Choices. Sitting across from each other in the saucy Sarlacc, a favorite location of both of you. You've spent many, many hours here, meals here, both here in the diner and up top on the roof. Good vantage point of the city, good way to just get away. As you've come together after your mornings and your respective visits with family and otherwise to discuss your intentions and thoughts about things on the agenda. Hugo, how was your day with your father? Ah, oh, Tula, it was honestly a, a pretty good time. How, how was yours? Did you get any, any quality time? Ugh, it was so cliffing boring. I was there all afternoon. It took forever for anyone to trust me. Ugh, I just stared out the window at the stars for what felt like an eternity. But then... I convinced the right people to leave me alone. And I struck out on my own. You'd have been so proud of me. You've got to come back there. It sounds like you. It's, it sounds like you'd get into a little bit of trouble, Tula. What are you trying to do? What's, uh, what's your goal there? Well, so you know how Jonah was asking me about some schematics or blueprints or whatever? Jonah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Well, I asked and asked, and I didn't get anywhere. But then, then I was crafty. I sneak, sneak, sneak. And I found the archive room. It's amazing, Hugo. I couldn't read anything in there. But I know you can. Tula, why, why are you doing this for Jonah? The, the whole agreement was to save me, and obviously you couldn't do it. And the trade-off was for information that, I guess, right now you're telling me you can't provide. Tula, what's what's going on? I mean, I can't provide it, but we can provide it. I know how you feel about this whole thing, Hugo. I know. I know you don't see eye to eye with me on matters at hand, on Minos Mestra, on the minor situation, on the Empire. I know. I know, but... I feel this in my bones, and I feel like, I don't know, Jonah, something with Jonah holds the keys to my future. Hopefully to ours. Our future, Tula? Tula, I just came back from the facilities that we tried to take out just a few days ago, where my dad works now, where I was offered an opportunity for work. I I can have a job now. I can provide. I, I I don't Man Tula, if we if we go through another one of these things, like how how long are we gonna keep doing that? How long until you're satisfied with disruption? Oh um It sounds like you learned a lot. I don't Tula, I it, I didn't necessarily learn a lot i just talk to people there's a man there his name's Tycho. he's and he's just a guy and he he's just living his life and he likes it and i realized at that moment that when i was sent out to go take down the mining facility i wasn't necessarily taking down anything but a simple man's way of life he he enjoys his time there he provides he, he he's an invaluable asset and he gets paid and honestly say we do take this facility down then what what's what's the goal hugo you're proving my point people aren't assets hugo things things are assets people 
people should be loved. They should be respected. An asset is something that you don't really have to value. An asset is something that is expendable. An asset can die anytime at the hands of their employer. And yes, they're paying you, Hugo, but I mean, I feel like that's not worth your life. I know that you and I come from very different lives, from very different families. I know that, I know. And maybe part of why I see it this way is my own privilege, but this is injustice to me. Did you ask him about the injustice, Hugo? What did this Taiko have to say about the Empire? You know, we did speak a little bit about that. And I think the biggest piece of information that I learned is that if we were to be successful and we do take down something like this, it's important enough that it will leave some type of vacuum and someone else will swoop in and they will take it over. And who knows if they're going to be worse than what it is now. Are are you saying that the vigil will take over the mining facility and and then what? No. The vigil will advocate to make sure that we go back to a better way of ruling, to make sure that the people rule, that the people decide. I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't think I've really had enough time to formulate any kind of plan. And you know me, I'm I'm only sometimes a planner. <laughs> But I don't know, Hugo, I, I hear what you're saying. What if someone is worse, but is the possibility of something worse coming along? Does that make it any better to survive in a system that isn't working equally for everyone? Tula, it's really hard. I've been your friend for such a long time and I know the differences. I know the, the disparities. You look at my family, look at your family. It's it's evident how different it can be. But just yesterday, my dad had an opportunity because of something I did. Because I showed that I, 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 I provided value to something as small as it is of mining. Right, that's not the biggest thing in the world. It's not the biggest thing in this galaxy, but it's something for me right now. I have skills and I have assets and I, I don't know if I just want to continue to just using them for what seems like violent means now because I don't, I don't know about you, but when Jonah comes along and he has guys coming after him and we start getting shot at, that's dangerous. I hear you, Hugo. I hear your concerns, and honestly, you're not wrong. I, you're entitled to your opinion, and I don't want to put too much on you. I want you to make your own decisions to thrive. And if you have an opportunity to do that, then what kind of friend would I be to stand in your way? You've always been a good friend, Tula. And you've always been there for me. And sure enough, like, you're asking me for another favor, and obviously I have always been there for you as well. But at the beginning, we also said that if I said it was done, we were going to be done, right? We did say that, yes. I, I did. I did make that promise, yes. Let's say we go in and I get whatever it is that you need me to get. What's gonna happen afterwards? I don't know. Honestly, I think, um, I imagine that Jonah would take the plans and find this asteroid and either try to seize it for the cause or attempt to interrupt whatever is going on there. This is so hard for me, Hugo. I don't want you or your father to pay for you know, my capriciousness, but also this is not that. This is, to me, this is my future. This is serious, and I don't know. I mean, if there is a future with you, then maybe that's what I should do, but that also doesn't seem a guarantee. And I kind of turn away, and I blush. I can read it, but I'm not necessarily aware 
of the connotations to me. She's been a, 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 a friend my entire life. Someone who's been there for me, someone who's kept me safe when stuff went wrong. Also, the arbiter of stuff going wrong. With this, I, I, I take a nice deep breath. All right, Tula. Let's do this thing that you want me to do. Let's steal whatever it is you need me to steal. But I think this is it, Tula. Actually, this, this is it, Tula. Once we do this, I, I can't continue running around and and playing a little rebel or something like that. I, I, I have to move on. I have to start providing for my family. My my dad isn't going to get any younger. There's, there's stuff that my mom needs help with. There's stuff that I need to figure out on my own. And if anything's taught me these past few days is that I have the ability to do that. I have... I have the ability to do things on my own. So after this one, I think that's what's going to happen. I've never doubted you, Hugo. And now certainly not the time, but... I just hope you believe me when I tell you I... I only want what's best for you. You are my oldest, my best, my most beloved friend, and... I can keep my promise. And I'll keep mine. After a deep and heavy conversation, you wrap up with with your food, your your meal, light meal here, and head out of the diner and head off to Hugo's landing bay, where the Radiant Two is is docked and discuss the events for the evening, the plan for the evening. On the way. Tula, your calm chirps with an incoming call. Hello? Uh, hey, Tula, this is Jonah. Oh, hi, Jonah. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Um, I'll be all right. What's going on? Well, I, I need to head out of the system. Uh, there's some other things that that are pulling me away. Uh, I have to leave uh, late this evening, but I wanted to check in and you know see where you were at with our little with our conversation. If you're still interested in helping out, uh, I am. Yes, I've um I've done a little um, reconnaissance, as it were, and. I took some looking around, and I think I have a good lead on what you are looking for. But this might have to be, this this will be our last journey together, Jonah, our last adventure, I think. Um, you know my friend Hugo? Yeah, he's a bright fellow. I have a lot of respect for him, and I have promised him that if nothing comes of this, and he is not convinced for our side of things, that... I will drop it and I will, I'll be satisfied and I'm going to do what I can. This is not a sure thing, Jonah. This is not, I want this to be my future more than anything else, but you and I just met and so far you haven't given me much to show my friend as to why this cause is so meaningful. And honestly, I don't think that I can keep this up forever. So. I don't know. Let's just get to the end of this mission and we'll see what happens. But I am trying to get the schematics for you. I know where they are, but I don't know. All of that science-y engineering shab was never really my forte. Listen, I, I understand where you're coming from. Very much so. But many of the people that I work with now, they've been in your position before. And now, let me just say that you and Hugo, one or the other or both, you have a lot to offer. And I think you recognize what I'm after in the greater sense. So think about that. But anyway, best of luck tonight. And I've got a Wayfair parked at ISK 17. 
ISK 17. Okay. I'll wait as long as I can, but there will be a moment when I have to leave. So let me know as soon as you are able to catch back up. And again, think about what part you want to play in the greater story. I will, Jonah. I won't. I won't take this lightly. Thank you. Thank you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. The call ends. And you finish your journey back to Hugo's hangar and begin planning your infiltration. This heist of information near your father's office, Tula, within the Mestre Corporation. As you sit together inside the hangar in the hideout, working on this plan of attack, going over everything you know of the facility, Tula sharing that with Hugo, explaining where you need to go, where you need to be, what you need to do. Tula, you know there's going to be security and guards there patrolling late at night, and you think long and hard on what you might be able to do to help with that situation. I, I take a look at at, at like my my options very carefully because I know that this is uh, something that cannot go wrong. Um, I can't really afford to have egg on my face with Hugo. So I um, I order the guards uh, a little bit of a late night snack from the saucy Sarlacc, and hopefully I kind of hope that that's going to distract them if you know we run into any kind of hiccups in our plan. Doing so, you feel relatively confident that that will do enough to help give you some time, space to get in and do what you need. But there is the matter of extracting the data once you get to to that server room. And Hugo, you're that piece of the puzzle. You spent some time within Mestra in the past couple days, and you've been into their systems. So you sit and work on trying to recall some of those sequences, some of those encryptions, so that when you get there and show up, this is an in and out thing. But for some reason, your mind is clouded. As I sit and attempt to recreate the Mino system so that I can find the, the encryptions and easily bypass them, uh, I know that this is something that I, I can do. I, I can recall the information very, very well, but it's not so much the technical side that's keeping me away from being able to do this. It's more of what happens if we do this. What well, what would that mean to Minos Master? What would that mean to my potential future? What would it mean to my father's potential future? And even worse, what happens if we fell? What happens if we're caught? Uh, Davis knows who I am. Uh, I have been in this world now for a bit. And the implications, uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily understand. Uh, I just know that they won't be good for me. They wouldn't be good for my father. They wouldn't be good for my family. So I just can't focus. Time creeps on. The night gets later and later until you feel that the hour has come to head out under the cover of darkness here in Javis 12 to attempt and hopefully succeed in this extraction of information. As the time comes to head out to Mestra headquarters, one last look at each other before you head off on this task and you make your way there. Sticking to the shadows of the side streets and the alleys till you can't no more and come out along the large fenced barrier that surrounds the complex. Guards at the main entrances, keeping watch. You look around for step one, getting inside. I see kind of like a barrier around the outside. Obviously, this is kind of a, a higher security area where all of the big deals work, um, like my dad. So I, I try to kind of scale that 
and get over the first side so I can kind of like help you go up over to come and join me. I approach the wall, like do a quick check of how high it is and think about how high I have to jump and kind of just like launch myself really impressively up onto the top of it. I land on my hands and then I kind of spring off onto the other side and I kind of like leave a little like rope for Hugo to, you know, hoist himself up. I want to say something really funny, but I also recognize that we're trying to be sneaky. So I just hold it in and kind of plant my feet. As the fiber cord hangs over the other side, Hugo, you're able to grab that. And with the assistance of Tula on the other side, pull yourself up and over. The acrobatics, not necessarily an area of your expertise, but getting over with that assistance, coming down on the other side, now past this barrier, looking out on the complex, the facility there. Next step, getting past any patrolling guards and getting inside. Hugo! Hugo! We I'm have right, to be... I'm right here. We have to be really quiet. And we have to see where's the best place to go in. I have the order coming to the front desk. So that's out. All right. Um, let me see if I can figure out their patrol and, and see if they've gone out or, or if they're still moving right now. Hugo, you take a look out at the facility, the grounds of the facility, and trying to see if there's a pattern, a sequence to to the way these the guards kind of patrol so you can maybe find a gap. I, I, I see the footsteps on the ground. I take, I take out my data pad a little bit and open it up and run some calculations to see the stride length, see the direction that it's going. I can tell who's been where and how long they've been moving. The strides of the, foot, of the footsteps, they tell me a minute detail, like the exhaustion of the guard. If they're longer, then he obviously has more energy. Shorter, he's walking slowly. Uh, I'm able to intake this information and decipher the the patrol units of the facility and find the easiest way into this uh, building. You find this pattern within their patrol and you know that you've got a window. You've got a window of opportunity here to head up to the to the facility, one of the side entrances, and hopefully get in there, past that door, and get inside to continue your task. You make your way over to the entrance on the outside of the facility, but unfortunately, it's locked. I see the door, and I, me, uh, Tula and I are observing the door, and I, I, I come to the realization that it's not it's a, it's a mechanical door it's not something that i can really do anything with and i, I turn towards tula and uh whisper to her tula um this might be a dead end we we can't get in through the side door uh you, you got any other ideas there are never any dead ends on a good adventure Hugo. think i don't know how to I don't know, take someone out, right? You're not tough or whatever. Atula, you you want to take out the guards? I'm not then saying, what? I'm not saying we have to hurt anyone. I'm just saying, just, you know, we get their uniforms, their key cards, and sneak in. No one will ever suspect a thing. Just knock them out really quickly. And then, um... We can hide them in the bushes so they're not scared when they wake up. Till we're not even inside yet, and you're already making me attack people. Hugo. You are more fun than this. Dig deep, my friend. This is our last adventure ever. Let's make it epic. Okay, well, I... Yeah, they're, they're, I, I, I can see the patrol. I, I know when they're going to cross us, and I can theoretically paralyze them. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the play. See? You're not going to hurt anyone, Hugo. 
you being so good, so kind, so generous. A lesser man would have just left their corpses and carried on with his day. As you sit here outside this door, turning to find a position that you can set up somewhat of out of view to wait for the guards to come by to then spring your attack. Utilize that to gather their equipment to gain access into the facility. You try to find some shadows to hunker down and wait for the guards. You can hear their footsteps in the distance, getting closer and closer. And Hugo, you're, you're hunched down in an awkward position, trying to hide, and the balance gets to you and it, the strain, you can feel your muscles in your legs tighten as you try to hold this and then there's like a twitch as your leg gives out and it, it, it comes out from underneath you and you have to catch yourself and, and you do so, but it causes a little bit of a clatter and you hear, Hey, who, who goes there? Who, who's there? Come out. I look at, I, so, um, when the twig like snaps under his foot, like when he makes that little like mini cacophony, my arm like shoots out and I squeeze his his leg so hard and I stare at him and then I hear I hear the the guards asking who's out there and I know that like there's no way that uh we can fake this one so I just kind of like look at my friend this is classic Hugo and uh I say all right this is the part where I take one for the team and I I come out of uh, my hiding place. And I say, um, good evening, gentlemen. I am, I'm looking for, there's a, there's a, a place where I can um, kind of do some stargazing around here, right? There's something I can, uh, a place where I can, uh, I'm trying to do some studying. I, I apologize for being in these bushes. And I just kind of try to like smile and look as doe-eyed as I can. The two guards stare you down and as you carry on your carry on your excuse for being here, you can see that it goes across pretty challengingly. Miss, you you're not supposed to be be here right now. This is this is a private property, closed facility. How, how did you even get how did you even get in over here? Listen, I, I have to admit to you, I did hop over your fence, but for good reason. I, you, you can see I am a Twi'lexer and I, I am such a big fan of the Batundes. They are so amazing. I think that Maru is just like the coolest guy in the world. He's an amazing businessman and I don't know, I'm... I'm embarrassing myself. I'm, I didn't intend to get caught, obviously, but I just, I just am a really big fan. There's not really any reaction in that regard. You see in their eyes that they just have this perception of you as, as just some punk kid that, as you said, hopped the fence and they don't really want to deal with, with whatever is going to come out of having to apprehend you, etc. So... Listen, you just, you can't be in here, so you need to just, just run along, all right? Just, just head off, wherever you came in, head out, and you're just going to get in trouble. You make a very good point. I, I let my curiosity get the better of me tonight. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. Who's, who's, who's your friend here? Is, is he with you? Yes. I, I tagged him along. I'm so sorry. He's, he's my friend. I thought it would be... You know, fun and spontaneous to show him where this legendary person works. Listen, I'm I'm really so embarrassed. Um, but I came all this way, and between the two of us, the three of us, I guess, I'm trying to impress my friend. What say you do me a favor? We're just students. We want to go up and look around. Would you accept? A token of my appreciation, and maybe let us do a once around the facility? 
please? You see right away resistance to to your attempt at, at trying to persuade the the two of them to let you proceed with with your tour of the of the area. I, I just want to say I really, really appreciate it. And I take out like a pocket full of credits and it amounts to a hundred credits a person. I'm a rich kid. I've got all kinds of loose change, if you will. You can see their interest is peaked. Money talks, but you hand it over and they kind of turn their nose at it and say, this this isn't worth getting in trouble if, if we let you snoop around and they find out that we let you do that. <sighs> 200 credits. The second guard, who hasn't really said anything yet, throws an elbow into his counterpart and gives him a nod and you can see a grin on his face. <sighs> all right, what? Just, all right. Just make it quick. Don't be getting into anything. Just as soon as you're done, get out of here. Oh, thank you. This means so much to me. I really appreciate it. Shh, Again, shh, I am- qu Quiet, quiet. There's still other people around. Sorry, I just got so excited. And I walk up to uh, to each of the guards and I just, like in a really bubbly way, I just kind of like hug each of them. I hug the first guy that was kind of giving me a hard time. They stiffen up, just arms to their sides. I hug the second guy. I like let my hands kind of do a little bit of exploring on his person as I whisper in his ear, you are my favorite. And I wink at him. As you reach around and, and you give this hug to the guard and, and you start feeling around, hoping to find key card, data card, something that will give you access deeper into the facility once you're inside. The guard shrugs off this this awkward embrace and just kind of stands back and you're, you're un, unfortunately unable to, to find anything of value. But they kind of stand back, collect themselves and head over to the door to let you in. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, we were never here. They give a nod and turn and walk away, closing the door behind them. You now stand inside the facility. It's dimly lit, basically just security lighting that, that illuminates the hallways. And you have a general sense of where you are, Tula, in relation to where you need to go. And now it's just a matter of getting there unnoticed, get in and do what you need to do, and then get back out. Seems simple enough. The door is shut behind us. And uh, I breathe a sigh of relief, but I immediately turn to Tula and I say, Tula, that was one, obviously charismatic as hell. I've always known that, but we, we almost got caught, Tula. I told you before we came in here that this was going to be dangerous and we're not, we barely just made it inside. You sure we're gonna continue this? We can we can go back now. We don't have to keep doing this. Dangerous? That didn't feel dangerous to me. That felt exhilarating. It felt I don't know. Surprising. It felt my heart is pumping, Hugo. Don't you feel something? Internally. I don't feel excited or happy. I feel dread from what happened. I feel that Tula isn't thinking of the future. She's thinking of the moment right now. Her excitement could potentially be my downfall. What if I get caught? What if the guards didn't let us in? So I don't answer. Instead, I quiet down and try and take inventory and try and see if there's anyone around. And uh, if our pathway is blocked to get to the server room. Hugo, you listen out, concentrating, hoping to get a sense of, of where and when the guards are, where they're coming around, those that are likely in here. Coast seems clear to you right now. You, you feel comfortable that you have you have a window of opportunity right now to to advance towards the towards the data room that you're after. Tula, I uh, the coast is clear. Let's let's move on. 
this is the first thing that he has said in several moments um, after I was being kind of playful with him and excited that we were out on this adventure together. And it does not escape me that he did not answer when I had said that. Even now, like he turns back to say this to me and I'm kind of like searching his eyes like, are you good, man? Like he's upset that there's been danger, you know, but like to me, that's all part of the fun. And I don't quite know how I'm, how this is going to turn out. Like I, Tula has a moment where I'm kind of just trying to look out for my friend, but at the same time, like, especially like when he, you know, snapped the twig, like I can tell he's not really there. And I know that there's a real sense of danger to this mission that has been unexpected for me. And maybe not the same danger that my friend is considering there being. For me, the danger is that his head's not in it and it might be to our detriment. I, I see him flagging me down and beckoning me forward and I kind of just try to like gather my thoughts and um, I smile at him and I, I keep moving and I hope for the best. You quietly move as Hugo calls out, points out that things are good to move forward and they do seem to be. You don't hear or see anyone. You make the advance. You get closer now to your destination. You, you're, you're here in the main corridor. You get your way to the corridor where that data center room lives. And it's just a matter of getting inside, getting what you're after, and getting out. You continue and now stand out front of the data center room. Double checking over your shoulder. No one seems to be around. But you recall earlier in the day, Tula, that you were able to slip in as somebody else had just exited before the door closed because you didn't have the proper access, proper data ac card access. There on the wall sits the card reader that is likely going to need bypassing to get in. So we get up to this area. Uh, I turn to Tula quietly, I, I, I say. Is, is this the door right here? Yes. This is the door. Okay, well, obviously it's locked. So, let me... I, I have something for this, I think. I have a little, little satchel with me that I that I carry around, and I open that, and I have a little slicer, slicing kit there with me. I am prepared to go to the card reader and slice this thing open and getting access to the server room. You plug into the, you know, popping open the panel, plugging into the, to the circuit on the back side, connect to your own data pad and, and begin working to hopefully bypass this to get you into the locked door. You continue working away, tapping away on the data pad, and eventually there's a satisfying beat. And you hear the lock of the door unlatch, allowing you access. As you open that and head inside, the whirring of the fans and the, and the beeps of the servers and computers in this room are almost deafening as it just fills, fills your head. Tula, you look around and you recognize where you were earlier in the day. A few rows over these large stacks of, of consoles, large stacks of technology, you point out the one that you'd gone to earlier, but we're unable to access. I, I walk Hugo over to uh, the area that I had previously found and do a, a little flourish with my hand to present him with this incredible amount, like this wealth of information, because I know that we've been friends for a long time. And the one thing I know about my friend is how much he loves like figuring things out and puzzling things out and tinkering and, you know, trying to, um, you know, put his his incredible science and critical thinking skills to good use. So uh, I try to give him a big grin, but I kind of can only manage like a little bit of a smile as I get out of his way. And I say, uh, Hugo, please work your magic. We are here to try and grab any information, a map, schematics, whatever for that asteroid that Jonah was talking about, there should be probably multiple 
that my father had told me about. I know there's not one specific one, but see what you can find. I think these might be some kind of coordinates. And I hand him um, a little piece of paper that I've kind of jotted a note down onto. As the note comes over, Hugo, you see the letters with some numbers. Mern Esk 127. Doesn't mean anything to you initially, but you know your way around a system, and once you get in, then you can attempt to try and find this. Looking at the at the coordinates in the name, I extend this little wire that goes from my data grip to the terminal itself and start uh, tolling away and looking through the hard drives uh, of the system and trying to find anything in there that correlates to these coordinates and correlates to the to the name. Yeah, any, anything and everything that I, could, that I could find that matches the note that I was given. You start working away and, and digging through the files. You get past the uh, initial encryptions that they do set up here easily. Now that you're here, it all comes back. You were here earlier today and then the other day uh, within the systems, and it, and it comes back as if uh, it had never left. And you start digging and, and digging and and you go through the coordinates. You're, you're looking through the asteroid data, the mapping data that they have on hand, and there it is. You find it. This massive sector out in the fields that hasn't been explored yet, but just within the catalog, within the list of, of areas that they need to go after. Doesn't seem like there's any significance to you, but this is what you're after. Easily download that to portable data disk. And it seems that you know, this part of the task is complete. All right, Tula, that's, we're good. I got it. Now we leave, right? Hugo, you are such a genius. I'm so impressed. As always, I look over at him. I see the data disk in his hand and I place my hand on top of his and look at him like I really like take a hard look at him and I just know that I've got to say something Hugo you are so amazing you would be an asset as you say to anyone to your father to my father to the empire to the vigil but I know that you've only had one real offer and I feel like now is a good time to tell you when I spoke to Jonah today, he mentioned you. He brought you up. He said I was talking about you and how much you mean to me. And he was he was adamant that there would be a place for both of us, a future for both of us, where we could thrive, where we could be on the right side of things and help other people in Minos Mestra, in the galaxy. And I don't know, I, I didn't want us to end this mission without at least acknowledging that other people see it too, Hugo. It's not just me. I take a moment to think over those words. My immediate thought goes to the fact that I saved the man's life without knowing who he was. And that wasn't something that I felt like I needed to do. It was just something that should have been done. So of course, Someone's who, someone whose life I saved would want me around. And I think about that. And I think about how I still have to offer things to people for them to see some kind of reward in me. But I don't say that out loud. What I say, looking back at Tula after a moment, I'll, th I'll think about it, Tula, but we can't speak about that right now. We we have to go. This this could get messy and we, ha we gotta leave now. I kind of uh, see this look across his face. I was expecting like a moment and instead kind of got a wall. And that's not something I'm used to for my friend at all. And it kind of makes me snap into the moment. And I kind of like look around and I see where we are and I see what we're doing and we're under cover of darkness and take a deep breath and say, I will do my best to get out of this. 
I'm so sorry if I've wasted your time. Tula, it's not a waste of time. We're just kind of illegally stealing some information, and I'm just not very comfortable at the moment. And we've already almost been caught. We, we just have to leave. So I sneak back toward the door. I like let go of his hand. I move back up toward the door and kind of peek into the hallway and try to like look left and right. And I'm squinting and I kind of just beckon him over to see if he can give it a second glance. So looking over at Tula, I, I see as she's motioning me over. But I realize that's not the right move. The right move is we're in uh, a terminal that can access the building. So I kind of give Tula a, a finger in the air and just saying like, wait up one second. And uh, I go back into the terminal and start uh, trying to see if there's an optimal route out, if there's any patrols, uh, if it's connected in any way to the to the building. I, I, I would try and figure out the information so we can get out quietly. You dig around and it comes pretty quickly. You do find some side corridors here that, that lead off similar side entrance that you came into, but just on the other side of the building. And you find some information on, on where the patrols are. You, you tap into tap into some of the security feeds throughout the building. And you pick up on, on where the guards and whatnot. And you, you find a very optimal route for you both to get at least to the outside of the building, feeling very comfortable that you can do so without being noticed. I'd gather this information and detach myself from the terminal and, and walk up to Tula and say, uh, all right, Tula, I, I found the way out. Um, let me take the lead on this one. I know where to go, and I know how to get out of here safely. I trust you, my friend. Always. When she says that, that's I, I look at her and I put my hand on her shoulder. I just reassure, just uh, through a gaze that, like, I understand. And I feel that trust. And then start walking out. You make your way down and out from the data center room and find yourselves outside the facility once again under the stars in the dark of night one last step get back over the barrier and rendezvous with with jonah we sneak back outside hugo takes a look you know he leads me out as we walk i i you know i'm i'm comforted by you know his his kind of glance before we started moving but i know that like i've got to be completely on my game to make sure that nothing else happens before we're able to safely get out of this. So we finally kind of slip through a side door. There's no guards around. And I kind of take a running jump and kind of like hoist myself up and over the side of the wall. I'm much more straightforward than I was before. I'm not feeling as as playful. I'm feeling like, you know, let's just get this done. Uh, this is business. I like sl I swing the the cord back over so that he can also climb back up and out and we can head out on our way to deliver the information to Jonah. Just as you came in, you head out of the Minos Mestra facility over that wall and maybe with with heavy relief. With your mission complete, you begin the trek towards the hangar that Jonah waits, ISK-17. And you walk under the quiet cover of darkness. Tula is silent. I am very lost in my own thoughts. This is a mission that I thought would draw the two of us closer together. And it feels kind of like it's done the opposite. And I, I don't really know what to say to him. We made it out. Things are good. We're fine. Like, ended up not being as dangerous as perhaps he might have thought. But... I also know now that like my friend kind of sees me as reckless. And I think before now I thought it was just like, he thought I was fun. Uh, as we walk, I would say I would feel the thickness of like, of, of, of the weirdness in the air. Um, I'd feel nervous after what would happen with the disc in my hand, I, I would be like toying with it nervously, anxiously, knowing that like, this is probably it for me, and what I have in my hand will, it will probably be detrimental to me in the future. But I'm thinking of my friend, and I'm thinking of what she wants. And although I feel like 
our goals are not nearly as aligned as they have been in the past. I still feel that it's there's no like maliciousness in it. It's it, it and I only did this out of friendship. I think my only reservation is having to see Jonah and talk to him again. The rest of the walk is quiet, uncomfortably so. But you eventually arrive at the hangar and you see the large freighter ship there. And as you approach, you see the dark-skinned figure make his way down the landing ramp of the vessel and give you a nod in acknowledgement of your approach. He has a much more, a much lighter expression than the two of you are probably carrying at this moment. I didn't know if I was going to see you. How'd it go? We are both people of our wood. We were challenged, but we managed to get in and out with very little drama. Why do you go? I just give it a nod. That's that's good to hear. So you you, you found the information? I would uh I'd, I'd get the the data disk that I was clutching in my hand and just kind of like hold it up in front of me and show that we have it. And then I would take a moment, look at Jonah, and say, uh, "Jonah, what's what's this for? What are you gonna do with this?" There's not much here in this information, to be honest. It's it's just the beginning of a mapping of a portion of the system. He lets out a heavy sigh. This was just a test. And you passed. What I'm doing, what I am working to create, I need people that that buy in to that cause, no matter what. I need people that understand what we are after. And you two both went to those lengths. Even after you didn't need my help, you still carried through. As I think you genuinely believed. When he says that, he looks, he looks at you specifically, Tula. You genuinely believe that there is value in what I'm trying to do. I have room for one or two more. He nods his head back towards the ship. Jonah, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about how we would fit in this plan. What are you building? Who are you building it with? Tula, we came together because of, because of your involvement with the Vigil. A group that has grown tired of the, of just oppression in general. No matter what form it comes in. Whether it's the Empire, whether it's a company like Minos Mestra, I'm working to create something to fight against that. To give everyone an opportunity to, to just have a level playing field. It's not going to be easy, but I think that you will be an immense asset to have aboard that cause. As he's saying that, I'm still looking at the state of disk, and I speak towards Jonah, but still looking at the data disk. And you recruit people by lying and deceiving them, and. You're trying to topple something oppressive through this? And I look at Jonah and make him look at the state of this that I have in my hand. Hugo, I I fully understand where you're coming from. And all I can ask is that you try to understand that if I came in here and said, I'm working to build a resistance, to build a rebellion, will you please help me? And you say no? Jonah, you don't know what this... And I show him the data this... What this means to me. And I throw it on the ground and just kind of like stomp it. To you, Jonah, this was a test. For what? I don't know. I'm not your puppet, Jonah. To me, this was my future and my life. And it's not because of some rebellion or some... Delusions of grandeur. Alakatula. I say, 
I did this because my friend asked me to. Because she needed help. And I went out of my way again to do something that could have been terrible for me. For you. For a test. And I just kind of sit there and I'm just like flabbergasted at the fact that like I just put so much at stake for what I'm thinking is like essentially nothing. Jonah seems to be at a loss of words himself as well. But he he puts his attention onto you, Tula. Just trying to ask that question again. Where do you stand? Tula is just like kind of floored. On the one hand, I can understand that like he can't just walk up to someone and reveal his grand design. It's not really the way that these things kind of work. You do have to make sure that people are trustworthy. Just by nature of it being a rebellion, it means it has to be a secret. So Hugo would have never encountered this kind of treatment anywhere else. So I recognize, you know, that both of these people aren't wrong. Like both of these people, you know, had a clear direction and plan. And for the first time, like I feel like I am alone in my choice and alone in my decision. Jonah, I can't abide by your lying. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I I would have shown my loyalty. I did show my loyalty, but this is not this is not how I thought this would go. And I look at Hugo. Hugo, I I can't imagine how you must be feeling. I don't want this to end our friendship. I don't want this to end. I mean, years we have been family. I understand why Jonah had to make this choice. I don't think I agree with it, but I understand. And I really wish you could see it the way that I see it. That you could see a future here, but I think that moment has passed. I start walking up to Tula, and I, I hear all that. I stick my hand out, like that has a handshake, but it's like a like a grip. And I look at her, and I, I look at her, and I go, Jonah, and back to Tula, and I say, Tula, I'm out. Are you out with me? And then I look at the ship. I hear this, and my leku just kind of like fall off my shoulders and hang straight back. And inside, I know that this is a turning point, and. I just don't know which way to go. Like, I, my heart is telling me to go one way, and my head is telling me to go another, and I kind of glance over at Jonah, and I glance back at Hugo's outstretched kind of, you know, hand, his grip, like, there, and I, I look between uh, both men, trying to kind of will myself to make a choice. Jonah thinks he picks up on the hesitancy, and while being respectful of the moment between you and Hugo, chimes in at this point, thinking that you're asking for further input. Tula, think of all the reasons that you're part of the vigil. Think of everything that you want to do, the action you want to take. The vigil is just an idea. It's not an action. I'm hoping to get to that point. I understand that what I did here is wrong, but I feel that if you, if you come and see what we're doing, what we're building, you understand why and feel that that's the right choice. But that choice is still yours. Throughout that entire uh, talk, my hand which is, has just been gradually like going down back to my side. I look over at Hugo and I take him in and I see his hand is already on its way down and I recognize whether he's losing faith in me or he recognizes that my path has just diverged from his. It's it's time. And kind of like take a long look at him and I walk up and I grab his hand. Hugo, your friendship has meant the world to me. You will always mean the world to me. But I know for you, 
your journey is just beginning. You're trying to figure out your life, where you fit into the world. You have so many opportunities just waiting for you. And I think maybe, maybe it is my place to keep you safe from afar. My work with the vigil, with this resistance, this will keep you safe. If you are an engineer, if you are a miner, whatever you go on to do, I know that my work out there will keep you safe here. And that will have to be enough. Keep me safe, Tula. Tula, you haven't been keeping me safe. I've been keeping myself safe. And if you're going to go off with him and you're going to join this rebellion, you're going to be coming after me because I'm going to stay here. I'm going to work here. I'm going to do what I can and make a better life for me and my family. I don't... This isn't you keeping me safe, Tula. This is you coming after me. Hugo, I adore you, but there's no way you're ever going to be elite enough to be someone that matters to the rebellion. Like you said, you are an asset. And assets get used. All assets get used. All I can do in my work now is to make sure that you have some semblance of equality and that people won't just use you and forget you. I will never forget you. And I walk toward Jonah. I see you walk towards Jonah and I look at the ground and I have a lot of internal feelings and a lot of, lot of emotions happening. But the only thing I, I let out is kind of gesturing towards this broken dated disc on the ground. And I, 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 I say it out loud so you can hear it. Assets to be used, Tula. That's what I was today. That's what I've been for you for a long time. And that's not what I'm going to continue to be. I'm going to make something of myself and it's not going to be with him. It's not going to be through lies. And if you can't see that, I don't know. I stand in uh, the open cargo bay of the ship before Jonah kind of sets off and beckons me inside. I take one last look at Hugo. I wave and I say, I'm so proud of you. You climb aboard the ship and Jonah takes you into a seat for the journey ahead. Hugo, you stand there, watching the landing ramp slowly lift up into the ship before it lifts itself, rotates, and pulls away. Tula, you gaze out the window, staring back at Javis 12, your home that you're just leaving. The stars approach, and as you fly away, you gaze out, both of you, thinking of the choices you made along the way that hang before you, scattered among the stars. As the Wayfarer light freighter fades from view, Hugo, you see something appear above in the black of space and quickly descend towards the city, a massive triangular starship that you would recognize as an Imperial Star Destroyer. This concludes tonight's episode of Scattered Choices. Find out what happens next time as our story continues on Dungeon Jedi Masters Theater.
Hi there, Todd Moonmonts here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to the Dungeon Jedi Masters Patreon to help in production, hosting, and creation of this and other great Star Wars 5e-related content. You can find us at DungeonJediMasters.com, and may the Force be with you.